Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Grutten and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Chels. Here we are at the end of the week. Now look, if we don't mention some transfers, that's because we all know we recorded this a couple of days beforehand. So we didn't see the end of the transfer window. But if we bought them, we love them. Uh, and, and to help me discuss and look forward to the West Ham game, which we now know is on Saturday at three o'clock. It's not only Gary Hayes. But it's also Daniel Childs. Hello, Gary. How are you? And hello, Dan. How are you? Who's going to go thanks, first? Kerry. You ruined my week. Oh, why is that then? Because when you were talking about uh, Son of Sam earlier on, on Monday, in between this podcast and the first podcast we did in the week, I watched again. I don't know why I did it, but I went back and revisited the Spike Lee joint that is Summer of Sam and realised how bad it is. And um, just wanted to say I wasted two hours of my life. I won't get back. Excellent. I, I'm really glad to have damaged your uh, viewing habits. Because it there, is a so. terrible film. It's a Spike Lee film. It should be good. But it's terrible. It, it has moments and that's it. And then especially at the end when you've got Adam Brody and his honker doing um, a really bad version of... Um, Adrian Brody. What did I say? Adam Oh, sorry, Adrian Brody, who I bumped into once in um, 
really funny story. We were in the Rose Bar in um, it the has Gramercy, to be if you yeah, love. No, in the Gramercy Park Hotel, and uh, in New York, and um, we were in the bar there, and um, there was a, there's a pool table, and um, my brother was like, "Oh, go claim the table and stuff." And uh, you met my brothers, right? Yes. And Ad- Adam just out of nowhere goes, oh, "I know that nose. You're Adrian Brody." <laughs> Anyway, it was funny. You had to be there. You had to be there because then Adrian Brody went mental. Anyway, and when he does Bub right, Riley, cross. But yeah, and when he does Bub Roy Riley, it ended that movie. It's terror. It's so bad. I want to know what happened with your brother and Adrian oh, Brody. Adrian Brody just kicked off. Did and he? Yeah. He's like, and, and how did it end up? Result. This is far more interesting than your viewing. Well, the, the way the way it ended up was. Um, that night was a bad night for it because um, this DJ was in there playing really bad music and um, he had a sign up saying, I don't take requests, trying to be all arty and stuff. So I went up to him and tried to give him a request and he kicked off as well. So in the end, uh, the bouncers came over and went, hey, you're British guys. You're a bit too rowdy. You better leave. Oh, excellent. How there was more going on. If there was an X-rated podcast where I could swear, I would tell you more, but I would get told off for swearing. So I will leave it there. Okay, uh, basically, what you're saying is the Hayes family let the nation We're a bunch down. of thugs, mate. Yeah, well... Um, don't want to mess with us. <laughs> I don't really want to do anything with you. Hayes boys! Um, Dan, uh, I'm so sorry about this. Uh, it's normally not this bad, this podcast, but how's your week been? And uh, are you looking forward to, to the West Ham game and... What will he be doing? Will he be going? Um, or are you reporting from home? Or how does it work? Because quite often you do the feed, don't you? Yeah, quite often do the, the blog. But luckily, even though the, the schedule got messed up, uh, I am finally going to a game at the bridge uh, this season. I was a little bit worried because I, I thought because they moved it, I was going to be having to work it. But I'm going to be at the bridge on Saturday, uh, which is great. Um, hopefully going to be an exciting game. Uh, yeah, my, my week's been bad because Chelsea did not sign, uh, re-sign Diego Costa on deadline day, which I was like hanging out for all day on my shift, just dreaming it was going to happen. You know, he's, he's still out there or, or he may have signed for someone that is passed my mind at the moment. You know, I was also annoyed because we did and did not sign Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. So, you know, that's kind of my opinion on that. And uh, we did or did not sign Anthony Gordon. So th- those are my thoughts, Kerry. Is this how, being how was recorded before the transfer deadline, is it? Yes, you I know, don't know that. that's why I said it at the very beginning. This is recorded beforehand because oh. we have to. So, so Dan, just know. quickly, what, what are your thoughts on Diego Costa? How long we got? That's, that's, the, that's the big question. Because I, I wrote a piece once about how Diego Costa was Chelsea's greatest striker in the Premier League era. And, and I was like, and yes, that means he's better than Didier Drogba. I agree with that point of view. But the one thing he didn't have... Drogba was a better player for Chelsea, but Costa was a better striker. That, yeah, that's Diego, because the, Costa Diego just didn't have longevity to give himself mm. the legend status. He's, he's a cult hero, he's not a legend. Whereas mm. Drogba, obviously, everything he did, he became a legend, right? But I think if Costa had stayed at Chelsea and got his head together, which was never going to happen, I've just seen him firsthand, what a complete you know, nut job the guy was. Um, he would have... He would have been a better player for Chelsea and a, a legend bigger and better than Drogba. Not to take anything away from Drogba, but... I, I agree. I, 
I'll never forget when you took me down to the ground and we were waiting for all the players and Costa came oh, yeah. running through and started rolling on the ground through everyone. Ah! Screaming and just rolling, doing and then grabbing ponies. people's microphones, going. Ah, da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> it was just absolutely yeah. crazy, and I just thought, I love this person. That that uh, was um, the the media day for the FA Cup final in two thousand and seven against Arsenal. That's right. Yeah, it was. That was a good day, actually, Kerry, because we interviewed Victor Moses, David Luiz, and Gary Cahill that day. What What year did you say? Twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, on, it mate. was. Come on. No, I thought you said Remember, though, because we just, won, we just won the league yeah, yeah. against West Brom and then he gave the players like 10 days off. And we're interviewing Cahill for the blueprint, coming out soon, by the way. Oh, and, yes. Um, and we were just chatting to, to Gary and he was like, oh, it's a bit weird coming back, isn't it? Like, because being on holiday, now we've got to get off for the cup. And he, goes, and he was just saying, we're not confident about this game because we've just all been chilling there's no intensity and the manager's trying to get us going and then i remember he went oh that's all off the record by the way and i was like yeah we're not here to do that anyway but and then obviously it turned out to be true because they were undercooked yeah oh that was such a horrific final but hey that's another matter but yeah diego costa we could have signed him we could have couldn't we would you have had him back gary would you have had him back well not now because he's got a bigger gut than me it doesn't matter. Come on. He might get the ball in. The, 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 this is what I, you know, I was saying in you know the previous podcast about you know managers and the hire and fire and stuff. They knew they were upset with Conte. They should have done everything they could to have kept Costa at the club if they knew that Conte was going to go. I know obviously Conte had a season before he went and they ended up paying him more than they would have paid him if they just got rid of him. They could have just done something to keep them together. But the way it all worked out, it was just horrible. And that, that's the problem with the chaos that was Chelsea under Abramovich, is that you had all the beautiful things that happened, but it's like the butterfly effect. For all the beautiful things that were happening, there was always something crazy going on. And um, Yeah, just... Dan, do you, do you think that the, the chaos may well be over in that respect for Chelsea now? I'd like to think so. I think that should be the ambition. Um, bringing in a director of football to hopefully align the vision long term which I don't think has been there Um, I think like a lot of things it was quite ironic that you had the Rudiger and Christensen contract situation there's a lot of other contractual situations like coming up or getting close to to their expiry date and, and it kind of feels like in Roman's final year a lot of things I think kind of caught up with Chelsea in the end um and particularly if you look on a domestic front, how far we've been away from the Premier League title. Um, you know, the the kind of the short-termism, the squad that became so bloated and inconsistent. And, you're, you know, you're jumping in the final few years, you're jumping from Antonio Conte to Maurizio Sarri to Frank Lampard to Thomas Tuchel. You know, that's a concoction that was always going to end up being a... Uh, a bit of a mess. Um, and I think the Champions League win in 2021 kind of made us forget about those problems a little bit. And and hopefully, as I think we said in the past podcast of, of kind of starting to let some of that dead wood, for lack of a better phrase, go, is, is hopefully going to refine the squad a bit more. Um, I, I've been... There have what been... about Flotsam and Jetsam? Who? As opposed to Deadwood. Flotsam and yeah. Jetsam. Sorry. Can, can, we, can we sign him on a free? Does he play up front? <laughs> Andy heard he's a really good player. <laughs> sorry, Dan. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. It just... 
tickle my fancy. Can I, can I just say though, like all, all that chaos, because what Chelsea become, whether you like it or not, because people go, yeah, we'll run the Champions League, we run the the League Cup, we did, yeah, but because we've become a cup team. Hmm. This is like Chelsea in the late nineties, uh, hinting at the league, Gary, and then Gary, never really Gary. sustaining it. Gary, can I ask why, when you do the generic football fan talking, <laughs> it's Ron Harris? Why? <laughs> the, the, this was the voice that we mastered in the office with my it's friend, a... that, my friend that you've met many times. We'd sit there and we'd take the because actually there's a oh no I can't say because it's gonna it's gonna reveal stuff. But basically, we, <laughs> it's based on someone. Gary is full of stories he can't tell yeah, you. No, and, um, <laughs> yeah, we based on... Rah, 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 and uh, that's what this geezer sounded like. But if you know, if you know your Chelsea stuff, you'll know who we're talking about. I think I know. You don't. You won't know. It's Why got not? something to do with Peter Osgood. But it's oh, not yeah, Peter Osgood. I, I know who it is. Oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh, look, look, you reckon uh, Danny don't, mate? You don't. Of course I don't. I'm just saying it just to try and pretend Dan I'm knows. in the know. Dan, though. Do you know, Dan? I, I prefer not to speak at this point. See? <laughs> <laughs> well, jo- so Josie at his finest. Well, this is not going to make much of a podcast if we all prefer Scott not Clayton to speak. Scott Clayton will fine him if he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> so Bringing the Dan, podcast look, into disrepute. <laughs> uh, again, usually because of Hayes. Uh, Dan, uh, we've got West Ham coming up. How do you see this one panning out? West Ham have had a funny old start to the season. Um, they're starting to get it together. Uh, they can't stay as they have been. They're, they're going to turn into a, a side again, probably. Should we be worried this, this weekend? It's always a testy game anyway. West Ham games are never pleasant things. Yeah, I remember being at the one back in April and it was a really bad game. Um, because West Ham weren't really that focused on it um, because they had the Europa League, I think, semi-final or quarter-final at the time. Don't think that's going to be the case uh, on Saturday. And they're, they're a team that are quite awkward to play against. I think Moyes has very much, you know, he's, he's exceeded expectation at that club and I think he's, he's proven himself to be such a good coach and, you know, his, his reputation took a, a beating around the time of Man United and Sunderland taking them down. And I think it's a nice story, to be honest, him... It'd be nice if we got a hat trick, though. <laughs> Take West Ham down. Sorry. True, true. <laughs> but I, I think that um, with, with the game, I, I always fear that Antonio is just a player I hate coming up against. I really respect him as a player. And he's just, he's a bit like, you know, J- Jamie Vardy, who should have scored a hat trick against Chelsea last weekend. He's just a nuisance, right? Because he. I think technically he's so good, but physically he's a problem for a majority of defenders in this league. And even though they've invested in some new forwards and they even want Imbrosia, I think that would have been a brilliant signing for West Ham because they like to play on the break. But, you know, they've got um, some of the signings that they continue to make this summer. But as well, I, I hate to bring up his name so early, but, you know, in a, in a game of this nature, it's always going to be a problem against Chelsea's midfield. And that's, of course, the, the man I think a lot of us want in Declan Rice. Um, and watching him against Aston Villa, their their first win of the season, um, some of the passes he was, uh, you know, through the lines, the way he's developed his game from kind of a holding midfielder to someone who wants to be a bit more expansive. Um, I think it was Lanzini, wasn't it? Or Ben Rama who scored the goal when it was a shot from distance. Um, there is talent within West Ham and they've had a, a challenging start to the year. They've still got European commitments, but with it being Chelsea still some of our concerns earlier in the season, they do pose things that 
I think will cause a problem in transition, particularly. And it's the way Tuchel's going to, without N'Golo Kante particularly still injured, how he's going to deal with nullifying that threat on the break, which is always there, especially if I keep on coming up with names. You know, Jared Bowen is another one that I, scored against Chelsea before. Um, it, it's how we're keeping possession a bit like, sorry to go on, it's, it's a little bit like the Tottenham game for me in the sense that Chelsea did a really good job of holding onto the ball and pressing Spurs into their own half. I feel like that's going to be Tuchel's big mission in this game um, because I think the kind of the way Moyes and West Ham thrive is is on those breaks, is on those moments where they can spring with a lot of speed. Um, they aren't going to try and pass the ball around Chelsea. I think they're going to look for those moments and lapses of concentration. If Chelsea can have that precision without N'Golo Kante, which is always a, a, a bit of a, a, a difficult thing to do, I think that's where Chelsea are going to get most joy. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. And Gary, Declan Rice, is he all that? Do you think he's this incredible player? Yes. You do? There's nothing more to be said. Okay, just he's a, a yes. very, He's a... He's a rich man's Mark Noble. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why he's coming to Chelsea. Do you think he will? Yeah, I think he will. Interesting. He he wants it. But don't let him take a penalty. (laughs) I think he wants it. And I think when a player, you know, he's obviously got an affinity with West Ham, but, you know, he wants to come to Chelsea. He's been flirted too long about him coming to Chelsea that... There's, there's, when you see these things, there's always something in it where it's almost, you, you know, you see it all the time. Like oh, I was always destined that this guy would go to that club because it's been spoken about so much. I think the club want it. I think he wants it. West Ham are sort of know it's going to happen, but they're just going to get everything they can out of him before he goes. So he goes on their terms. They'll get an amazing fee for him. They'll get another season of service from him and he'll come to Chelsea and he'll be a Chelsea legend. Interesting. Anything do, else? Do you think... No, no, that's fine. Do you think that's going to happen, Dan? I think it's a matter of time um, that Declan Rice leaves West Ham because his contract is running down each year. Um, I think it's a bit of a waiting game from Chelsea, to be honest. Um, You know, he isn't signing that new deal um, and West Ham cannot afford to let a talent like Declan Rice leave for free. So something's got to give at some point, right? They've got to make a profit on this extraordinary talent and... It's quite clear that Tuchel, I think, likes Declan Rice. Um, I think Declan Rice would be very open to coming back to Stanford Bridge at some point. And considering the situations with N'Golo Kante and Jorginho, um, my preference would be to extend neither of their contracts. There's going to be space opening up. And I think that's where... That's, that's the... We've, we've spent a lot of money in the previous window. You hope that that isn't going to be a consistent trend. We shouldn't have to spend... 200 million every summer that's bad investment in my opinion you shouldn't have to do that now it's about trying to refine the squad and I think Declan Rice um, we spoke in Monday's podcast about the 
about the midfield and about going to a four. And I think Rice is kind of, I hate saying the last piece of a jigsaw because that's a bit of a cliched phrase, but I do think that he opens up a lot of opportunities with Chelsea and kind of evolves the midfield. He's He's got everything. He's got the physicality. I think he's he's added the passing. He's He can shoot from distance. Yeah, sure, he might not be able to take a penalty, but I think we, we'll probably still have enough in penalty takers uh, from next season. And, and I think mentality-wise as well as a character, um, I think he'd see Chelsea as his kind of massive move. I think he'd he'd see it as kind of this is his career, and I think I think Do those th- intangible things are very important. It just may be that's why we've not gone near the midfield this this transfer. It's window called planning, Kerry. Yeah, well, it's a plan that they've looked at it and gone. Where are the gaps? What do we need to do? Well, we just had our defence decimated. Not that I was bothered. And I said this the whole time. I wasn't bothered Rudiger left. I wasn't bothered that Christensen left. But they were numbers, right? There were bodies on the Mm. ground. So they needed some more bullet bags to put in there. And they've done it. Um, But then it's about planning and going, right, what do we need? And what is available to get? Well, we need a clinical inside forward. And we were able to get Sterling. We we had to address the defensive issues. So next year is a case of right, what do we do with the midfield? Where is this going now? I think next summer there'll be another uh, major defensive signing because Silva, bless him, you know, being incredible for us for the last three years, by the end of the season, being three years, um, he's not going to be able to carry on. If Maybe if they give him another year, if he wants to do it, it'll be sort of like a bit Transitional. Part, yeah, yeah, you know, a bit like JT was in his last season. Um but they'll need to make another major signing at the back and then you get a defensive midfielder because Kante, we all love him. We know what he is. We know what he's good at. But Chelsea have rinsed him for everything that they can. It's probably one of the best 30 million signings we've ever made. Um, you know, because by the end of this season, he would have had seven years at Chelsea. Um, and he's into his 30s now. Jorginho, for everything we say about him, you know, he, I don't think he's going to get a contract extension. So then what do you do? Is that like Dan said there? Do, do you offer these guys contract extensions? Maybe there could be an argument to say they give Kante an extension just to have him in. But then he understands that he's not the boss anymore. Whether Kante's humble enough to do that, whether he wants to move on and think, okay, look, I know I can still play elsewhere. Um, but I just think someone like Rice is the future of what we want in that area. And it's, if they're planning it properly, which I hope to think they are, they're like, look, we know we... They, this is the thing. People talk about tapping up and all that, okay? Look, tapping up happens. They just, just don't do it in a hotel on a motorway where everyone can see you doing it. Agents are talking to clubs all the time. That's what I'm saying about this Rice-Chelsea stuff. There's too much going on for it not to be willing from both sides for it to happen. So Chelsea would have probably spoken to... That what what are the chances of West Ham with him this year then? What is this? What is that? Okay, right, look, well, next year, you let Declan know we want him still. Obviously, he's not talking directly, but his agent's doing it. The agents do this all over the place. That's what they're paid to do. And I just think that he will go to Chelsea next summer. And there's been enough to do this summer. That's what I'm saying. Can't, Ch- Ch- Chelsea can't do it all in one yeah, summer. They've had their priorities. They've gone, look, what do we need? Boom, 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 boom. And... Then next summer, if there's foresight and planning involved, which you'd like to think there is, that that's when they make the big signing for a central midfielder and a striker. If we've got a Bama Yang or another striker this summer, that's fine. But they're not the future. They're there just to fill a gap to make sure that we remain competitive. They've got to find another striker, whether that becomes Breuer 
or whether it becomes someone they bring in from elsewhere. But it's about foresight. It's about planning so that when there's a problem, like Dan's saying, I don't want to see Chelsea spending 200 million every year. You know, you want to keep the, the best Chelsea team that I've seen was that 04 to 2010, well, maybe 2012, okay, to sort of to bookend it. But the best seasons we had were when there was just a few additions in there. Not when we were going out going, holy proverbial, we've got to bring in loads of players to make up for all these errors, you know. Costa Fabregas, that was the greatest exactly. summer ever. Exactly. Without a doubt. Yeah, okay, well, look, we are at that point where we've got to come up with predictions for West Ham. Dan... It's over to you, son of Chelsea. Give us your score. I'm going to go... Dan, you're not meant to think about it, mate. I'm going to go 1-0. Yeah, it's 1-0. To who? Chelsea. Okay, and who's going to score? Raheem Sterling. Costa. Yeah, Raheem. Diego. Die- <laughs> that, sorry, can I just say, we, we need to say... One of my favourite Diego goals was the one against West Ham on Boxing Day uh, in 2014. Uh you just you want to go back and watch why and and see why Diego was just such an extraordinary talent at his peak. That goal, he picks up the ball from Azard, um, and he's still got so much to do. He's got about three West Ham defenders around him. He takes it onto his right foot, back onto his uh, left foot, back to his right foot. I think he he takes about two or three touches before he gets it back onto his left foot, just on the edge of the box, and s- slams it across the keeper into the bottom corner, and. It's that level of execution that this side have been, you know, that's for me, Costa is the barometer from what I, from now, for like the last, I don't know how many, eight well, years. We haven't I've replaced been... him, have we? No. We, you know, no. We, we, we didn't replace Drogba until we got Costa and then we haven't replaced Costa. The closest we've we've got to <clears> replacing <throat> him is the guy that we kind of excluded and let go and that was Tammy Abraham, who's obviously now doing a fine job in, in Serie A. Um, I, I see there are obviously we last season when Brozier was up for Southampton there were small glimpses and, and mannerisms to the way Brozier goes about his business that do remind me of Diego no one's going to be like Diego in terms of his character you're never going to get that um, again but I there's just there was just something about him when he was on the pitch that just made him a constant nuisance and technically I still feel that maybe I have an appreciation because I watched a lot of Chelsea's games when he was here live so you do see more when you're at a game compared to on TV um, and I think you have an appreciation sometimes for the technique of these players when you see it in person um, but just the way technically he combined with those players around him um, there still just is a sense a lack of aggression I think is something that we've been missing in our attack for so long it's not just about technique I also think it was about him just he he could be a battering ram. There were goals where he just he would make something out of nothing, and unfortunately we don't have a lot of. Well, those he did it against West Brom. Remember that goal where Fabregas oh, puts it into oh. the corner and he just robs it and scores. And that was we a win one nil. That was like we've had so many of those games since where Chelsea don't score or we lose the game one yeah. nil, and he could just again just such proof. I still think Costa, as I say, as as a Costa fanboy who just loves him forever, and I think it just hit him in, in a Chelsea shirt was some of the most enjoyable years you know it just it was such a shame when it ended and why I'm always going to be a bit bitter towards Antonio Conte um because he was just such a a delight to watch and you know I think that's what we want to see a bit from Havertz don't we we want to see a bit more aggression up top whoever plays up top there's in in this type of game it is going to be a bit more physical against West Ham. Costa knew the thing the thing is is Havertz is aggressive but Costa applied that aggression and this is the sort of the 
the contradiction of the man is that he had that aggression and that crazy character, but he knew when to turn it on and when to turn it off mm. in the game. Whereas and I remember, Havertz I remember is, watching. I remember watching Costa. You're right. I remember watching Costa all the time. He's one of those players. I would quite happily spend time watching him. Mm. Never mind the game. Just watch what he did. And he confused defenders. One minute he'd be digging them in the ribs. Next minute he'd be saying something in their ear. Then he'd be smiling at them. Then he'd be making a face at them. Then he'd be putting a dig back in the ribs again. Then he'd be stroking their backside. And then he'd be pinching them. Well, look what and he did to the Arsenal defence all the time. Yeah, Gabriel Koscielny. They just didn't know how to deal with him. They'd get, they'd get red cards. Like the way... Oh, I'll tell you the best story. The best... I don't know if I've told this story before. Can you actually tell it? Or is this going to yeah, be another you know one here? Because I don't care. Because uh, if he gets a sack, he gets a sack. Um, so I got a contact at Arsenal. And uh, he told me You've about... You've got to be quick because okay, we're just about yeah, out of time. And, and he said, after, do you remember when uh, Murta Saka got sent off at the Emirates? Costa was through on goal and he fouled him. Arsenal were trying to... They had their legal team trying to look at the video to sue Costa on it. That's how much he got in the head of Arsenal. Absolutely loved it. So like, oh, he wasn't really fouled, you know. It's uh, gamesmanship. We lost the game because of Costa. Oh, he got sent me off. They were trying to sue Costa to see if they had a case against him. Obviously, they didn't. Prediction against West Ham: two-one to Chelsea. Right, I'm going to go 3-2 to Chelsea. What the hell? Let's have a right old time it. Right, that is it. We are out of time. Thank you, as always, Gary. Thank you, Daniel Childs, son of Chelsea. Check him out on YouTube. We will all be back next week. Come on, you blues. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.